Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning. You are listening to Red Sea Radio, and our friends are joining us on KYAR and KINF throughout this beautiful state of Texas. Good morning. Good. That's right, Pam. Good morning to you. It's your friendly general manager, Thaddeus Romanski, and I'm honored to be co-hosting with Pam Marvin this May 29th, 2019. It's hard to believe. Vigil of the Ascension. Wow. Yeah, yeah, this is crazy. Summer is kickstarted here in the the Brazos Valley for sure. My children are off on all their activities and having lots of fun. So we're praying for you and yours wherever you are that you'll have a safe and restful summer. But before we go, before we get to a lot of that, we have some. I have some kind of well, we talked about it briefly in the past, but mm-hmm. uh, Father Uche, who, as most of you know, um, he and I knew each other and worked together over at St. Thomas Aquinas for a couple of years and yeah. uh, very dear to my heart. And we had the great providence of being able to do a little short interview about his uh, ordination coming up. Oh, excuse me, his anniversary, 10th anniversary of his ordination. So we were so glad to just capture a moment with Father Uche. So take a listen. Welcome, welcome, Father Uche. I'm so excited to hear your voice today. How are you? I'm being fantastic, fam. Nice mm. to hear your voice once again. Oh, yes, my friend. I am super excited and happy for you that you're coming up on your 10th anniversary. I can't believe it. Yeah, it runs so fast. So tell me about it. Tell what's going on. What's the celebration going to be like? Well, uh, at the beginning of the uh, last year, I was um, thinking about how do I celebrate this particular 10 years anniversary as a priest. At five years, my classmates went to Rome. This time around, they planned to go to Greece. But I said, you know, I'm going to be around here to celebrate with my people, my family, that is my parishioners, and my friends like you. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's good to have a book to kind of, you know, have a little kind of um, x-ray about my life as a priest, the challenges and things that are beautiful. So the book is named The Joy of the Roman Catholic priesthood. Mm. So it has three, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about the book later on. So I have agreed to do that with my pastoral council and parishioners and friends on June 6th, which is Thursday, June 6th. Mm-hmm. If I can put this joke there, the 70th anniversary of Normandy, when we redeemed the French people from the hand of the Nazis. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's actually how the plan is coming about, and I want to thank God for the blessings He has given me to be a priest this all these years. 
Thanks be to God. We're all feeling those blessings that you left your mark here in the Brazos Valley when you were here. So that's awesome. So tell me, uh, a little. you were starting to talk a little bit about the inspiration of your book, but can you tell me just a little bit more? Like, how can we pick this book up um, to say thank you for your priesthood? Where, how can we purchase it? Yeah, actually, what many people don't know actually is that this book is self-published. You know, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a name, you know, where people can just go away and get it anywhere. But primarily, this book can be purchased directly from St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church or our Lady of the Lake. Or we can go to our website, you know, www.com, Father Uche. Marybook.com. You know, Father is F R U J Marybook.com or .org. Either of them can go. Anyway, the book actually is available now on the Amazon because uh, Amazon also helps to you know publish it, but um, you know it's in, in a little quantity. So if anybody cannot get it from any of these places on the website, from my parishes and mission parish, they can get it also from Amazon. The goal of the book is to evangelize, to bring what I believe is the joy mm-hmm. of the priesthood in this our trial time mm-hmm. and difficult environment. Well, you know, Father, I have to give you a little compliment here, something you told my husband Good old Paul Marvin, you told him many years ago when you were here that it wasn't our job to change hearts. It's our job to plant the seed. And I I thank you for that so much because it's made a huge impact on our lives. And I dare say this book is is definitely about planting seeds in the difficult times we live in. Am I right about that? Thank you, Pam. Thank you so much. You nailed it on the head. You know, uh, I don't want to go to the book yet until we get there, you know, but that's what it is. You're right. You're awesome. Right well, we're winding down here pretty quickly. Father Uche, I just want to say thank you so much. I look very forward to seeing you coming up on the 6th and to celebrate um, your call to the priesthood and becoming a blessed son of the, the Virgin Mary. So I just want to thank you for taking your time out of your day today. Appreciate that. All right. Well, from the Brazos Valley, we're sending all our love out to Kingsland and Father Uche, an upcoming celebration of his priesthood in his new latest book that you can find at fatheruchemarybook.com. That's F-R-U-C-H-E-M-A-R-Y-B-O-O-K.com. Until then. You know, we have many Uches in the diocese, so this is Father Uche Obiquel, okay? So you don't have to confuse that. Oh, be quelua. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father. Blessings of Easter Father be with you all and your radio station. Thank you, Father. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, Thaddeus, as, as I was saying there on yeah. the in the recording, Paul and I are um, making the adventure out there. It's almost three hours away, and uh, Paul is just very it's like excited. A little pilgrimage, a little mini pilgrimage. It's going to be. Making. I'm looking forward to spending that time with my husband and just reflecting on um, all the wisdom that he is. That excuse me, that Father Uche really imparted to us during that brief time that he was here, mm-hmm. and really looking forward to uh, that little excursion and celebration. So that's June sixth again, correct? June sixth. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not quite sure on the time. Do you have that one? That's a Thursday. I believe it's in the uh, believe so, it's in the afternoon. It's in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to it. But his parish in Kingsland. I'm sure that you can go to that website and um, find out more about that's um, that's Kingsland, Texas is his parish. And I'm sure they'll have information there about the the exact details. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, keep Father Uche in your prayers. And uh, any priests that are um, having an ordination anniversary. And also, we want to ask you to keep in your prayers all the priests who are moving around, moving in and out of our Absolutely. Uh, KEDC, KYAR listening area, Diocese of Austin. Just a quick run through. Keep these these men at the top of your prayer lists this summer. Um, Father Augustine Ariwaldo is is leaving St. Mary's. Um, Father Melvin Dornack is <clears throat> is leaving to go be the pastor of St. Mary Parish in Caldwell, and that means that Father uh, Bernard Hung is leaving. He's going to go be the pastor of St. Paul Parish. Uh, Father Ron Feather is going to be moved to be the pastor of Holy Trinity Parish. Uh, Father Daniel Liu is leaving um, St. Peter's that serves the students at Baylor, and it's actually Father Augustine who's taking Mm -hmm. over his spot. Mm -hmm. Father Daniel is going to go be the rector of St. Mary Cathedral in Austin. Mm. Um, So keep all of them in your prayers. Father Curtis Wiedenfeld is going to go be the the pastor of St. Mary Parish in Temple. And we want to give also congrats to Kyle Nasursta, Will Rooney, and Chris Smith, who have all been ordained to the transitional diaconate. Those yes, are those are lo- local boys who've, yeah. who've made good, uh, so yeah. to speak. And Father Andrew Din is coming to St. Joseph in Bryan. Mm. And Father Joven Saavedra is going to be the parochial vicar at St. Mary Immaculate Conception in Brenham. St. Anne in Somerville, and Blessed Virgin Mary in Old Washington. So he's going to be doing a lot of traveling. That's a lot. Father yeah, that was actually what Father Uche is one of his assignments in yeah. the past. That's, so keep gonna, all those men in your well, prayers yes. and pray for their congregations, their old congregations who are losing them, and their new congregations yeah. who are welcoming them. Transition is rough. Yeah, yeah it can be, but it's also a, a, a good thing. Speaking of priests today, I believe they are all together today in retreat together in the diocese with the bishop. So Good. we do want to say a special prayer and ask the Holy Spirit just to really descend on them in a, a very special way during these times that we're living in yeah. on the priest. So come Holy Spirit and be with those fine gentlemen. Amen. And speaking of being together, we're also going to be getting our Brazos Valley listening family together on June 1st for our first annual Red Sea Summer Kickoff. Mm, and we hope that I've the Holy Spirit's going to be hovering over that event yeah. as well. Lots of uh, fun and games and, and hijinks, <laughs> shenanigans going oh gosh, on there. If you and Dennis are involved, I'm sure that's going to be the case. It's really been, it's really been uh, kind of headed up by a couple of volunteers here in the Bryan College Station area, and they have done a, just a marvelous job, have taken a lot off of my plate and Dennis's plate. We're just kind of kind of in the background doing some some logistical support. Right. Uh, but it's gonna we're gonna have Chick-fil-A catered nuggets. We're gonna also have chips and ice pops for the families and, and the kids and parents. BYOB 
We're going to have games. There's a splash pad. This is all happening at Tiffany Park in Bryan. That's oh. 3890 Copperfield Drive, Saturday, June 1st. That's this Saturday, 11 a.m. to 4. I think we're going to have a pretty big turnout. There's awesome. more information at redsearadio.org slash kickoff, and you can RSVP to info at redsearadio.org. Let us know that you're coming, but it's not required that you that you RSVP by any means. That's just like a show great up. Time. We're gonna have kickball, I think, maybe some horseshoes. We're gonna pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet mm. under the guidance of Monsignor John McCaffrey from St. Joseph's and Brian. Excellent. And he's gonna give us a, a blessing as well. Um, it's gonna be a, just a nice, fun time for all of you who support this radio station. It's a thank you for everything that you do to, uh, do for us and making us feel like we uh, we make a difference for you. So so thank you. Come out and, and have, have a blast. Fun. Yeah, I don't even know where that splash pad is at, at Tiffany Park. I'm thinking Tiffany Park and eh, I don't really know. You have a, is there a cross section? Well, you yeah. know, I am not a lifelong native to Bryan College Station, so I'm I'm a little... Not going to be able to give you that crossroads information right off of mm. my, off the bat, off the top of my head. I can try to look that up in the uh, break, and we can give that out when we come back from break. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay. Hey, um, lots of uh, this seems like this part, early part of the summer is also uh, garage sale season. Ah, oh, that's um, a good thing. There's a several. There's I know there's two garage sales happening in the the Waco listening area. Those are at St. Jerome's this Saturday from 7.30 until 2. And there's also a garage sale happening at St. Louis in Waco from 6.30 until 3. Both of those are this Saturday. Mm. You can go to redsearadio.org, go to the resources tab, pull up our um, Waco Central Texas Churches listing of websites you can get the St. Joe and or St. Louis and St. Jerome's websites right there. You can also of course just do a, a keyword search, but that's sometimes an easy way to get the exact um, church website. So that's St. Jerome's this Saturday from 7:30 till 2, St. Louis from 6:30 until 3 in the Central Texas listening area. Then coming up Friday, June 14th here in Bryan College Station, of course, the famous St. Thomas Aquinas Garage sale kicking off with the pre-sale ah. Friday, June fourteenth from five thirty to seven. Wow, that's where you do you, you pay the five dollars yes. ahead of time. You get like first dibs on what they've got. Prices are doubled, but you're getting a first crack at things. It helps raise a good amount of funds for the good for the amount. parish. And then you've got your standard um, garage sale the next day, Saturday, June fifteenth. From 7 a.m. to 12 p.m. Don't start bringing your stuff for the garage sale contributions until after June 3rd this year because of construction. Yes. Okay. There's a lot of There's construction a going lot on. Of Saint Thomas. Yeah. If you've been there, it's been like kind of a maze. Like I start walking, like whoop, that's a dead oh, really? end, and then go walk around the other way. Yeah. So yeah. hold off until after June 3rd. Uh, between June 3rd and I'm sorry, actually technically June 4th and June 10th to bring those items. 
No mattresses, no car seats, no books, no big box TVs, no computers, no picture frames, no framed art, no golf clubs this year. Pam, don't bring oh, any of those darn. things. I, I still have those sitting there, so that, that just needs to go. Uh, sorry oh, about that. Okay. Sorry about that. No worries. No worries. Hey, um, I'm really excited also that we're going to be co-hosting again at some yes. point in June. I want to get this word out. There was a really tremendous response to Father Timothy Gallagher coming back so in the excited. spring about mm-hmm. his Discernment of Spirits retreat. We're going to have him on interviewing him about his new book, a Layman's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours, mm. awesome. June 19th. June 19th. Live interview. We want you to call in. That's right. I want you to call in on that day. Ask him questions. It could be about what what is the Liturgy of the Hours, or if you have um, spiritual direction questions that you mm. you know would want to want to broach in a, in a public forum like that. Or really anything under the sun, you're going to get a great answer from Father Timothy Timothy Gallagher. Anonymous callers are so very welcome. Yeah, yeah. So call in June 19th. Get ready to do that. that. Put it on your schedule. Mm -hmm. We're going to have him on a layman's guide to the liturgy of the hours. That's something uh, that I have been trying to do better and better, more and more regularly for probably 10 years. I love the liturgy of the hours. We pray night prayer as a family. Not every night, but but. In a regular fashion. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. No, that's, uh, being a convert, you know, I've just kind of woke up to see people, hey, what are they doing? Oh, it's Liturgy Hour. So I really honestly prayed it once or twice and yeah. don't know that much about it. So. And it's a very ancient practice. It goes back to ancient Judaism. It's just another facet of the mm. Jewish religion that the church has, has carried on and carried forward because Christ is the fulfillment of the Mosaic uh, covenant, mm-hmm. right? So... This is a continuation of the practice of praying the Psalms at regular hours throughout the day. That's beautiful. Okay. So do you usually pray it from an app on your phone? How are you doing it currently, or do you use a book? We do both. We were fortunate to get some used copies of the breviary, which the the newer updated version is called, or the kind of simplified version for lay use is called Christian Prayer. So Mm -hmm. we've got a couple of those, and we're... You know, we learn how to move the ribbons around, but right. we pretty much stick to, like I said, night prayer. And that's that's really simple. It just kind of repeats on a right. cycle each week. Um, but there's some great apps. I think the best app is the Laudate that's app. It's the a one free I'm one. familiar with, yeah. You, it's just got everything laid out for you on whatever day on the calendar you are. Not, not the liturgical calendar. I mean, it's got it laid out for that day of the secular calendar. And there's no ribbon turning. There's no trying to piece together, okay, which... Uh, you know, introductory antiphon do I have to use and uh, this and that. There's a lot of right. components to the liturgy of the hours that you have to figure out. So but that's a good, that's a good mind exercise though. Mm-hmm. That's a good it thing is. too, to keep it on paper. But I think Father Timothy Gallagher, he's going to help put things, uh, simplify things. He's going to help us understand why it's true that the subtitle of the book, how the prayers of the church can change your life. Well, speaking of changing your life, we're going to bring you back in a few minutes on the other side with our Mm -hmm. guest today, a veteran. I think it's very appropriate that we're interviewing him a couple days after Memorial Day. Amen. Retired Colonel Mickey Addison from the United States Air Force, and he's got this great concept that fits in with your human formation 
views Amazing. called the five B's. Yes, Not like bzz, B's, <laughs> but B-E in terms of the verb to be. And we're going to hear more about that on the other side. We're going to be back in a few minutes with Colonel Mickey Addison. Hang out, hang in there, and stay tuned to Red Sea Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. This is your co-host, Thaddeus Romanski, here and, with Pam Marvin. And Pam Marvin, here. Just so excited about the, this find that Thaddeus has of Mickey. So how did you find him? Well, I was, uh, you know, we go to the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men each year. Yeah. And I was, uh, we have a table usually we set up in the exhibit hall. And I started talking to... Uh, a gentleman named uh, by the name of Ken, a uh, retired army officer, if I re- recall. And um, he talked to me about, he said, you know, you've got to get my my friend, um, Mickey Addison, to uh, talk to you on the radio because he's just got some really powerful stuff that takes kind of leadership concepts, but it comes out of this kind of Catholic perspective. Ah. And wonderful does does just a great job for you know corporate leadership uh, executive leadership and so I took Ken's advice and uh, we've got on the on the line with us retired Colonel Mickey Addison so good morning sir good morning how are you doing this morning I am great and I'm very pleased to talk to you and I like I told you in, in some of our email correspondence um, your concept of the five B's really works well with um, Pam's interest in human formation. formation. So yeah. before we get started, just give us a real sketch overview of who you are and, and your life. Oh, so I'm a retired Air Force colonel. Now I'm a speaker and a consultant. Uh, I served on the Air Force for 30 years, graduated from Texas A&M in 87. And married Ooh, my that's my class. Wife. Woohoo. Hey, oh, brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best class. <laughs> and, uh, we just graduated. By the way, we just graduated my daughter, class of nineteen, and she starts her fellowship in grad school. So we're really excited for that. Well, whoop, excellent. Whoop for that yeah. too. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so um, you know, traveled all over the the planet, uh, mostly in the Pacific. I was mostly a Pacific airman, and uh, you know, two kids. My wife and I have been married now for well, we got we got married the week after I graduated. So I went from bachelor cadet to married lieutenant in uh, in about seven days. <laughs> Wow! Uh, but my my bride has been amazing, staying with us, um, keeping the house together while I've been off adventuring uh, hither and yon around the around the planet. So mm. oh, I, I, had, I did a chance to take her. We were you know I was in Australia. Uh, we were doing a um, an exercise down there, and so when it was over, I stayed and took a week's leave. This is when we were stationed in Hawaii, and she flew out. So I did actually get to take her on one of my trips. Mm-hmm. But uh, we always had what we call the dinner table download. And, uh, and so after I got back from a, from a trip, I would show on my phone, I would show my daughter and my wife uh, the pictures from the trip. And 
Now, when you yeah, were in Hawaii, along the way, go ahead. When you were in Hawaii, is that where you um, you got your interest in surfing? Mm. Yeah, we did two assignments in Hawaii, and by the way, that's where I met Ken Delfonso. Ken and I were stationed yes. together in my last assignment. He was an Air Force Colonel as well. Um, but yeah, so I started surfing. I did. We did two assignments out there, ninety-five to ninety-nine, and then thirteen to seventeen. And uh, I started surfing when I got out there the first time, and. Um, that what a, you know, from a, a kid from North Texas to be sitting in the lineup at Waikiki watching the sun come <laughs> That's on awesome. Saturday morning was, yeah, I bet, I made, awesome. I, I also bet you know our dear friend, uh, retired General Tim Green. I know Tim very well. Yeah, he's, he, my husband and he were buddies in the band together, so we've uh, been friends of his a long time. This is so cool, but nice providence. Yeah, I'm an Air Force. Yeah, I'm an Air Force engineer, so Tim was obviously the chief of engineers, and he and I crossed paths many times over the course of our careers. And he doesn't remember, but he was in my air science class. Once mm. so I'm, I'm pretty sure I whipped out or did push-ups for heaven. <laughs> okay. Boy, there's a, a uh, pache to our uh, Central Texas listeners. There's a lot of Aggie stuff flying around right now, so sorry for those Baylor Bears that are listening. <laughs> Take, take, take well, no offense. The bears need love too. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, um, Mickey, you you have this concept of um, five B, the five Bs, and again, it's not uh, bzz, bees, but uh, rather the the verb to be of uh, how how one should live their life. It's a, it's a pithy way of giving sort of axioms for for how to live, and um, you make the point of um, trying to give it in a in a positive statement rather than a no or negative sense. And the the first one is be proud of who you are. Um, talk about that concept, especially that, you know, usually we, we think of, we hear pride, we think of uh, the, the sin of pride. Explain what you mean by being proud of who you are as a, a positive. Yeah, so the five Bs, the whole the whole uh, book and, and talk came about, which is by far my most popular talk, which really surprised me because I originally wrote this talk for 19 year olds. Um, mm. But as it turns out, it's, you know, people of all ages, it resonates with. And, and so, you know, the idea was um, I, I would give this talk to our young airmen who, you know, for the first 19 years of their lives have heard no and don't more than they've heard do. And, and, and I thought, how can we expect people to take on rules and ethics other than by force, if you don't explain to them why these rules and ethics exist and give them a target to aim at. And what I found very often was that the kids who, uh, the young people, and, and really not just young people, just humans of all ages, um, the times that they were, they'd messed up either in their career or their personal life was when they failed to live up to aiming at a target and it allowed something else to consume their lives. Mm. So the first one I started out with, and when I would brief that the, you know, I talked to the airmen, I would always say, hey, you know, talk about being proud to be in the Air Force. And then I broadened it a little bit to a, a bigger audience and just understanding that everybody has something to contribute. And I, I used to have a phrase with the personnel people when they would, uh, as I became a commander, they would call me up and they'd say, hey, we got this person. And what they would learn about me was they, if they found a person they couldn't staff with any other unit, if they called Addison, he would almost always take them. <laughs> and what I found was that people... If most most people that are the misfits, I always say, give me the misfits. I'll take them hmm. because most of the time, and not every time, but most of the time, it's because they're, they're misfits because maybe they're, they have some kind of weird mannerism that people don't like, or 
were, or they're not trained or nobody believed in them. So many times in my career as a leader, when I just showed some confidence in somebody and treated them with basic human dignity and didn't treat them like a, didn't treat them like a misfit, Mm -hmm. I was amazed at how their performance level came up. And so being proud of who you are recognizes the inherent dignity in every human being. And when I speak, even when I speak to secular audiences, I, you know, I, I quote Genesis made in the image and likeness of God and recognizing that we all have different abilities and different performance and different looks. And some of us are, you know, better looking and make more money and whatever, but we all are equal in basic human dignity uh, in the eyes of God. And so, you know, when we start there, and, and then I make a distinction between counterfeit pride and authentic pride. So authentic pride builds people up and counterfeit pride tears people down. There's a Hawaiian proverb that's wonderful that I love. It's be like the alamihi crab and not like the aama crab. And so um, if you put aama crab in a bucket, they will pull themselves back into the bucket trying to get out, right? They won't, as soon as one starts to crawl out, they'll, the other ones will yank it back in trying <laughs> to crawl over it to get out. And those crabs are going to end up in a boiling pot. But with alamihi crab, you got to put a cap on the top of it because they will make a ladder and pull each other out. So to being mm. authentic pride is being proud of your accomplishments, being proud of who you are as a human, uh, being proud of your family, being proud of legitimate things. So, you know, if you win the championship or, or, or get an A on a paper or, you know, whatever it is, whatever your accomplishment is in your, in your life, that's, that's legitimate pride. But as my dad says, taking the coat off somebody else's back does not make mine any warmer. So tearing people down doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't, that, that's that's counterfeit pride, and that's the, that's the that's the sin of pride. I used to hear my my father say, "Take pride in," and then it would be take pride in what you're doing. Take pride in your who you are. Take pride in the family that you came from. Take pride in the school that you're attending or the school that you've come from. And it was this this idea of recognize. Um, the the gifts and the ability and the opportunities that you've been given from maybe where you've come from and also understand that you do doing a good job on this um, project or being a contributor to your to your team you're making it better for for other people so so take pride in in that is that is that similar to kind of what you're talking about sounds like it yeah absolutely yeah absolutely I mean and so, yeah, and we, and we understand this concept when we think about false modesty, right? So somebody accomplishes something big and you say, Hey, that was great. And they say, Oh, it was nothing or not that big of a deal. Well, it, it kind of is. If you graduate summa cum laude from a major university, that's a big deal. Don't, it's false modesty to say that it's not, it's not, you know, so that, and you can, and there, you can cross a line from humility of, you know, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the compliment. I'm very excited about what I've just done to, you know, downplay and deflection, and then that becomes false modesty. So that, mm. yeah, I think that all kind of works together. And I think it's interesting you talk about taking the misfits. That's basically what our our God did after the fall. Is he said, "I'll I'll take the misfits. I'll still make something something beautiful and good out of them. I'm going to still make something of this this plan." In fact, I I had a plan for them screwing it up all along, and that's that's the incarnation. Right. Yeah. I mean, Jesus did not come and walk among, you know, the, the elite of Middle Eastern civilization. Right. He wasn't a Roman procurator and he wasn't a, you know, a, a, one of the one of the priestly class or something. He wasn't even so, you know, coming coming from very humble beginnings, you know, working among the working class and, and, and working in humility and and uh, out of the, the spotlight for the bulk of his life. I mean, what, a, what an example to us about 
work ethic and and authentic pride in what you do. And you know, if, if that I'm sure he was one of the carpenters that people always wanted to just to be around him. I'm sure, but even I'm I, I can't imagine our Lord not taking pride in his work and doing a great job. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next one is be free. Oh, go go ahead, Pam. You yeah, got something no, else. No, no, no. I, I wanted to talk to the be free when this is really, really on, on my heart because um, I've read, I read a lot of um, Jacques Philippe who does a lot of interior freedom stuff, which this is right. Exactly what he's talking about, but you're making it in a, in a more practical way. And I love that. So um, talk more about what authentic freedom is because, you know, in our society, most people think that the freedom is all about, like you say, doing whatever the heck you feel like you want to do. But in fact, that's a type of slavery. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. I, so, uh, you know, again, hearkening back to the times when I've led um, large and small organizations, whenever I saw um, people get sideways, either professionally or personally, it was because they were living a double life. Right. So they thought um, I can do whatever I want and I can compartmentalize these things in my life um, or or they or I, you know, I know they say this thing is addictive, but it won't affect me. Mm. Um, and, and then they end up becoming slaves to that addiction. You know, addictions of all kinds are such a rampant problem in our society. And almost, you know, you, it, talk about heroic virtue for a man and, and increasingly women to avoid pornography in our civilization right. takes heroic virtue. And most don't, most are not heroic, right? So thank God for mm. confession. But um, that you know, there's when you it's things like consumer debt. You know, I've got a friend of mine who her recreational activity was going shopping, and they've got so they're mm-hmm. under crushing mm-hmm. credit card debt and will be for the rest of their lives paying it off. Um, the you know you've got I, I know I have another um, person that I know that is has thought that they could use drugs and as a as a way to get through college, you know, with, a with uppers and, mm. and we're successful, got through college, but now that they have this addiction, they can't break and it's breaking, it's, it's putting them into positions where they're making poor choices. So, well, you, you know, know, and those are some extreme examples, right? Right. right. I mean, you know, people that are addictions, but, but, um, it, 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 the idea of authentic freedom is being able to, being able to choose what's good for you and not being a slave to your own passions or, or appetites or somebody else's. Right. There's a there's another type of addiction that's really coming to the forefront that we don't talk about much. That people don't realize, and that's the cell phone addiction about the the dopamine oh, okay. hit you you get when you get your tweets or you, likes and things like this. And it's a real issue for the teenagers these days. And so, yeah, it's not freedom. It's a type of slavery. So how do you, how do you get out right. of that? Right. Yeah. I so I think it's I think it's like a muscle. Right. And 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 I'm not. Um, believe me, I'm not sitting here saying that I am any better at this than any other human. Uh, knowing the way to do it does not mean I'm always successful at it. But, but you, you know, you have to take concrete steps to choose freedom and and understand that between the between tyranny on one side and license on the other, the golden mean, and we'll come back to that in the virtues. The, mm. the, the virtue is in the middle and between those two extremes on each on each side. And so, so I'll give you an example from my own life. You know that I got. Um, pretty darn close. I, I won't. I wouldn't say. Well, let's just say it. You know, I, I I came pretty darn close to to being dependent on knowing what's going on in my Facebook and Twitter feeds uh, multiple times a day. And I realized I would go on and I would see the things that my friends posted and and some of the things that I they posted I didn't agree with and I thought were 
awful and it made me sad. And I'm realizing that, you know, this is stealing joy out of my life. Right. So I, I took the apps off my phones. I took them off my Excellent. I took them off my phone. And so I still, I'm still on Facebook because it's a way to keep up with friends. But, you know, about once a week or so, I had to go sit down at a computer and write, type in www.facebook.com. And I'm off Twitter. That's crazy town. <laughs> and, um, and it's just that's not a nice place to go. Yeah. But, you know, but I want to but I want to find out what's going on in my community and check in on the homeowners association or maybe find out what my friends are, you know, whatever. And, and I post rarely. I mean, I was posting three or four times a day right. or more. Well, um, well, what I'm, I'm hearing, active on LinkedIn. what I'm hearing, Mickey, you're saying, though, that there's a direct correlation when we're talking about being free. Um, it comes with a amount of self-discipline, which is also one of the fruits mm-hmm. of the spirit. So I think the discipline is really the um, kind of the cure for reeling yourself back in. And, and, and that seems to be part of your background, though, is, is really learned discipline. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have a, a phrase and we do a mission brief in the Air Force and at the end, and it's kind of a catch. It's, you know, it, it comes from the fighter pilot community because they tend to come up with these little catchy things. Because When things are happening at Mach 1, you got to remember things quickly. But it's, it's uh, OK, don't do anything dumb, dangerous or different. And it's mm. kind of a cute because it rhymes. Right. But when you think about it, and I remember this a lot, I use this little maxim in my life a lot. And and, um, you know, dumb, dangerous or different. Or as my mother used to say, you know, if you if you don't want to tell your mother about it, it's either illegal, immoral or fattening. <laughs> so, so dumb, dangerous or different. You know, you think about that. And the reason you say dumb, dangerous or different, it's, a, it's an idea that, hey, you, we've made a plan to do this mission. All right. So don't don't make any stupid decisions. Don't take any unnecessary risks and don't deviate from the plan. And so, you know, a, a human beings really respond well to discipline. It's it's not just the military. Um, you know, athletes are especially, you know, a guy like Tom Brady is is famously disciplined in every aspect of his life. Mm. The, when you the monastic, the monastic orders, you know, they have a, a rule that they stick to. And you know, you ask uh, any religious community, how in the world do you do these things? And, you know, how do you ask the daughters of St. Paul? How do you do all this multimedia stuff? And and still have time to pray. And they will tell you, just like Mother Angelica would have told you, if we don't pray, we don't have the ability to do anything else. And so being disciplined is a way to instill an ability, of, you know, as a human to to fit all these things into your life in an orderly fashion that builds you up and makes you a better human. Yeah. <clears throat> Mickey, our, our next one is be virtuous. Now, I think this is interesting that you put it as the third virtue, but it's in the middle of your five virtues. I was kind of taking that almost as this is sort of the central piece and all these other ones kind of radiate off of that. Um, But this is the idea of stick to those cardinal virtues first outlined by Aristotle, the, the great Greek philosopher, prudence, justice, temperance, fortitude. Talk about be virtuous. Yeah, and, and you're right. It's in the middle for a reason, you know. So I think to, 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 in order to be at a place where you can embrace virtue as a way to live, you, you have to you have to understand your own human dignity, and then you have to be authentically free to be able to choose it, right? So that's the first two steps, and and then okay. we get to okay, well, then, then now now virtue, right? And then what comes from that is is balance and courage. But so um, you know, prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude, and of course, as Christians, we would add the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, and so. Um, you know, and these are so central to to how uh, we see 
what perfection looks like and how to mm, how to work mm-hmm. for it, but they're not unattainable, right? So sometimes we think a virtue, I think, gets a bad rap in our world. We think, oh, it's this unattainable thing. It's for holy people. I'm not holy. Virtue's silly, or it's 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 for innocence. I'm a grown up now, and um, you know, or or it's you know this sort of silly ideal. And I live in the real world. You hear that a lot um, from people, but you know, honestly, it's it, they're they're very basic. So you know, one at a time, just briefly. Prudence is simply making the right call at the right time. And it can be as basic as having good manners to show up with a hostess gift when you go to somebody's house. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, so when I was on the Guadalupe river with my, before I married my wife, when it was, she was still not even a girlfriend yet. Um, we were floating down the river one spring break and with a bunch of, of college kids. And we got to the place called the blue hole um, and maybe on the San Marcos. I wasn't driving. So I'm not sure which river it is, but it's a, it's a, a place where you can jump off this cliff into this really deep spot. And a lot of people do it. And so the people that had been on this particular trip before, they all swam off to do it. And, and I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm going to hang out with the girls. I think that's stupid to go jump off. <laughs> but I, my testosterone got the better of me, and I made a very imprudent decision to go jump off the cliff. And long story short is I almost did not come up. I went too deep and almost ran out of air before I got up. But, you know, the prudent decision would have been to stay there and and, uh, and make time with this pretty brown-eyed girl who was in, this, in the cube next to me. And <laughs> instead, I went and did something silly that almost killed me. So, you know, so that's prudent. So, but, you know, we can make all kinds of prudential decisions and especially in the moral life and, you know, in our Catholic perspective, you know, the catechism and, and scripture and magisterial teaching will give us principles that we then have to apply to our lives. And, and that's Absolutely. where prudence comes in, right? Right. So, so prudence can be something very comp- complex and theological and difficult, or it could be something as easy as showing up with, with flowers for the hostess. Justice means, you know, giving people their due. So, again, mm-hmm. we, we think of justice, sometimes it's criminal justice, and that's a form of it. But justice just means, you know, hey, if your boss is paying you for eight hours a day, work eight hours. Show up on time and leave on time and do what you're paid to do. That's justice. Or if you get a, you know, don't get something for nothing. If somebody, if the clerk accidentally gives you a five instead of a one back, you give her the five back and get the correct change. That's justice. Well, I want to add one in here that came up on one of my shows on justice, which I really love and have taken to heart is during sports events when the opposing team makes really good plays, they do something like, hey, nice shot, nice shot, which is people mm-hmm. look at me like I'm crazy now when I do that. I'm like, I haven't heard. Right. Yeah, no, man, that was a great shot. That's giving someone do what's due. They made a great shot. Let's acknowledge it. Right. Yeah, maybe not in Kyle Field till after that. <laughs> Perhaps. No, but it's a good point, right? Giving somebody to do. Temperance, you know, and, and so when I when I talk when I give the talk, I always show a picture of Carrie Nation of the women's Christian temperance movement around mm-hmm. the turn of the century, and and uh, you know that led to prohibition, and that's what everybody thinks about. They think, oh, temperance means abstaining from something, but really, temperance just means putting aside something that you want for something better. So mm-hmm. athletes practice temperance. Um, all the time, right? Athletes will put up, they won't have the cake or the dessert or the beer or whatever because they're in training or they'll, they'll, you know, give up on, on the binge watch of the 30th episode of Game of Thrones trying to catch up in order to watch, in order to go to sleep and get enough rest. And, and so we, you know, or we or I'm going to stay up late and study instead of going out with my friends because I have a test tomorrow. I mean, that's temperance, right? This so is like self-control as well. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly self-control right. as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. And then the last one's fortitude, and I, you know, and I always think of Samwise Gamgee. You know, yeah, Samwise yeah. was never, he was not going to leave Frodo. He, he just wasn't going to do it. He, even when Frodo pushed him away, he didn't leave. And, and so it's courage. And, and, you know, and, and I talk about the golden mean, you know, the virtue lies in the middle. So the virtue 
in fortitude, for example, is it's not it's, recklessness is not courage. Total self-regard without any fear. Somebody, you know, just takes a little uh, screwdriver to your brain and destroys a little fear center so that you don't. As then you're not courage, correct? Courageous. You're just, you know, uh, then you're just uh, reckless. And then the same thing comes with being over cautious and afraid to act. And sadly, you know, I used to say that most of us will never face bullets or or charge into a burning building. But sadly, our our society's gotten pretty violent, and so there's mm. a still a small, it's still a small chance that, you know, somebody's going to be in a mass shooting or a shooter, active shooter event, but you know, it's not nearly as unlikely as it was 20 years ago. And, right, and right. the way that you, right. So physical courage is part of that. And the other, so and you be prepared for that, right. You think through, and it's, I know it, it's, we do this in the military now out of as second nature. You know, when I walk in, I check exits. I look for, I look for, and where I'm parked, where possible. Th- and I do it. It's second nature to me. And, mm. and I'm not saying people should live in fear, uh, right. Talk about being prepared. Think about what can happen, and you know, it's just like, uh, hey, if my house catches on fire, what do I do? I don't want to be deciding that when the house is on fire. I want to be thinking about that ahead of time. Right, which kind of leads us then, to that next one of, on ahead. the be balanced. You know, because you do, you have right. to have a balance in everything. So let's talk. Let's talk That's about that right. point. Well, so here's where I quote Yoda. You know, we are more than just just crude matter. <laughs> so uh, That's pretty good, Mickey. <laughs> Thank you. I have a, I saw Star Wars and, and when it came out in the theater, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. I saw it in the theater 26 times in the theater when it was $5 a ticket. So I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm an original nerd, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I think of a human being as being more than just mind or body or spirit, right? So you've got a human, you, you have your body and that's, we can, we can all see that. And so, you know, it, it's, it's okay to, it's okay to have a piece of cake. Don't live on cake. Um, you know, so get up and move, you know, the World Health Organization says that being a couch potato is a, one of the highest risks for early death. Wow. And so, you know, God gave us a body uh, for a reason. And, and when, when Jesus talks about our body as a temple and, you know, and he brought his body and took on one of ours, well, that raised the dignity of our human body to something more than just, a, you know, a, an empty vessel to, you know, a shell to walk around in from my mind. And so feeding it right, you know, don't put things into it that are bad and, you know, bad food and, and, and substances and whatever and, and getting exercise and getting outside in sunshine and, and doing those things. And that we, we talk about physical health a lot in our society. So that's probably all I need to say about that. Mind, you know, your mind is the other part. So you're not just a body. You are a mind. You have right. a, it's not just your brain. You're not just a calculating machine. An organic brain, as some people would have you believe, there is a... a, a an intangible part that is your mind. Your brain doesn't get physically bigger, but it expands in knowledge and ability as you get older. And so being a lifelong learner, you know, the people that are uh, most successful in life are lifelong learners. And then lastly, um, you know, your, your human spirit, we are, as Yoda says, we are more than just this crude matter. We're not just a calculating meat puppet that walks around doing whatever we want. You know, we have a a human soul, a spirit, Mm -hmm. And, and we can scientifically verify that because the body weighs less when you die. And it's not just to use losing fluids and losing air out of your lungs. And so, but you can't point to where that human soul is on your body. You're an integrated human being. And so feeding your soul and your mind with good things, you know, don't just take in junk, you know, and spiritual reading and the scripture and going to mass as often as you can. And, mm-hmm. and uh, those kinds of things, living, trying to live. And that's what living a sacramental life is, right? It's body, mind, and spirit. And that's how God gave us, how he speaks to us and how he gives us grace even today. I think that's an interesting approach to uh, 
a positive approach to um, explaining why the church has the obligation of the the Sunday mass attendance is, mm-hmm. like you said, it's important to feed the spirit regularly, and by by making that weekly appearance in front of the Eucharist to receive the Eucharist and to worship God, that's exactly what you're doing. You're 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 feeding the spiritual part of your yourself, and it's it's good for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you, when you think about it, you know, everything that our Lord did for us, he did through his creation. He gave us things, he, you know, he, he didn't just appear to us as a disembodied spirit. You know, we're not Arians. So, you know, he believed, you know, he, he, he came to us in a way that we could see, touch, feel, because that's, that's how he made us. He made us with senses. And so that's how we experience the world around us. And so, you know, being able to do all of those things together uh, I think it's really important. And I think being physically present, you know, I hear that from people, you know, why do I have to go? I can pray at home. Well, okay, yeah, you can pray at home. But the difference between being at Mass and and participating in the in you know, entering heaven, which is what we do at Mass, mm-hmm. and taking the body of our body and blood of our Lord into our own body, and the difference between that and praying at home, no matter how sincerely, is the difference between a phone call and the you know, praying and the marital embrace in the case of mass, yeah. you know, it, it is fruitful and it is, um, it, it is intimate in a way that we only experience through, you know, the, the intimate marital embrace of a, a man. That is so well that, said, that, Mickey. We're, we've got about five minutes that we're wrapping up with our guest this morning, Mickey Addison, uh, talking about the mm-hmm. five B's and we're at our last B, which is be courageous. And that, that points right back to fortitude. You've actually kind of broken that out to its own, uh, pillar. Why is being courageous so so important? Well, because it's something you have to specifically be prepared for, right? You have to you have to think about it. You know, the, the, the maximum in the military is you don't. No one rises to the occasion. You sink to the level of your training. Mm. So thinking about so when it comes to physical courage, we covered a lot of that already. But you know, just think, you know, think about getting out of your house if it's on fire. What what do I do? Uh, what happens if? somebody steers into my lane when I'm driving down the highway at 80 miles an hour, you know, that's, that, that allows you to think ahead and be, and, and be courageous and make that decision ahead of time to be courageous. And we, we might be called upon to do that from time to time. Um, moral courage, however, is something that we know we will do every single day. And, and that is, you know, if somebody is saying, you know, our language has gotten so coarse. I remember walking down the, the, the corridors of the Pentagon and hearing somebody drop an F word in front of a woman for the very first time in my entire life. And I was, I, my jaw hit the floor. I couldn't believe this guy would say the word out loud in public, first of all. And secondly, use it in front of a woman. But the, but the, you know, our language is so coarse. People use that word now as a comma. So being morally courageous enough to not in a haughty or I'm better than you way, but just go, Hey, that, you know, do you mind not using that language around me? I really don't like it. Or if someone takes the Lord's name in vain. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's not okay. That's, you know, that's one of the first commandments, mm-hmm. right? So, so, uh, um, our second, I guess, but anyway, the point was, you know, it's, uh, so what I do is whenever somebody says that around me, um, usually the first one's usually a joke. Hey, don't bring him into this. He didn't do anything to you. Um, you know, but, but the idea here is, is making those decisions to stick up for somebody in the office that's being picked on or, you know, um, do the inspection. Don't just fill out the form, right? Um, be honest on your taxes. It takes moral courage sometimes. It takes sometimes it takes physical courage. But you know it's easy to cheat. Very few people are going to check on you. Um, 
And it's easy right. to cheat at a lot of things, but moral courage means I do what's right even when mm. nobody's looking. Yeah, just another form of um, justice, really, that courageous and mm-hmm. the justice, giving people do what's right. due. Yeah, I like that, what you said about um, – it is. It's gotten coarser. I'm really shocked, you know, as a woman, even how women are using it these days. <laughs> I'm just so, oh, I know. I'm so aghast. And, and so, you know, coming up with clever ways to to try and get them to reel that back in. And what I do, it, very similar, is, is, is call it back to uh, just being respecting for human dignity. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what you're, we're trying to call back. That's really what I think is really lost so much is that uh, respect for the human dignity. No, it's true. I mean, we live in a society where life is very cheap. Mm. And we see the fruits of that, right? I mean, you know, you can be killed before you're born. Uh, you can be euthanized when you're old or sick or lame or nobody's, in, you know, haven't got you. Somebody, if, if somebody wants to, they can find a reason to make that happen. And, um, uh, you know, you can you can be, you know, I mean, life is very cheap. And, and I think, you know, it's too, we haven't got enough time to deal with, deal with it now. But you think about John Paul's theology of the body. And, you know, all the things that came out of, I'm not blaming everything on the sexual revolution. There's no one cause for anything. But it's certainly, you know, when you when you hold the life-giving act that cheaply, um, as people seem to hold it now, right. or some people do in some quarters anyway, you know, the fruit of that is obvious to me anyway. Death, right, for sure. Wow, it's been a really, as I said, quick conversation, um, Mickey. It went really fast. It was very enjoyable and very fruitful, I think, for all of us listening today. Again, those five B's are be proud, be free, be virtuous, be balanced, and be courageous. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of who you are and take pride in what you do. Mm. Um, how can people hear more from you, follow what you do, um, stay, in, stay in, in, on top of what you're doing? Oh, I have, well, so the easiest way is to go to my website, www.mickeyaddison.com, M-I-C-K-E-Y-A-D-D-I-S-O-N.com. And uh, all the information is there. And I'm also, the only social media channel that I use now with any regularity is LinkedIn. So they can always connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on LinkedIn. Okay. And if uh, a group or a business is hearing you today, they can uh, they can ask you to come in and, and speak, right? You're a, you're a, a public speaker, yes? I am. I am a professional speaker, yeah. So Mickey at leadhighperformance.com is my email, uh, or you can just go over to the website to the speaking section. Okay. Well, thank you very much today. I want to have uh, one, just one last note for our listeners. I might have given the impression that Father Andrew Din is going to be the pastor at St. Joe's and Bryan. Didn't want to leave that impression. He's going to be taking over as associate pastor. Father Steve is still there in place. Okay, well... This is the uh, the Vigil of the Ascension. We hope that everyone has a blessed and glorious uh, Ascension Thursday tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to Red Sea Roundup. This is your host and general manager, Thaddeus Romanski, saying goodbye for my beautiful co-host, Pam Marvin. We hope to see you out at the uh, Red Sea Summer Kickoff this Saturday, June 1st. Tune in next Wednesday. Deacon Mike Beauvais is going to be on in a pre-recorded interview with Michael Rea talking about sacred architecture. Don't miss it.